Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Violet Vulture, or simply welcome if you're new here. The Mirror is my bonus miniseries that acts as a vessel for how I review and refuse to rate horror movies. You will find no one or four star reviews here because I stand by horror not being something you can whittle down to some uniform scale. Each one is a spooky snowflake that ought to be judged on its own merits. The Mirror will be shorter episodes that will be spoiler-free, so think of them as a spooky little amuse-bouche for the discerning ghouls. I'll give you just enough to get an idea of what awaits you when you press play on your smart TV, but not so much that it pulls away from your viewing experience. And then I'll give you a little flavor profile at the end with who I think would most particularly enjoy this film. I'm currently planning on doing this as often as I'd like. I do want to thank you all for voting on this one in particular. It was neck and neck with bones and all for a minute there. But bodies, bodies, bodies came in strong in the end of the poll. If you do have any thoughts, requests, recommendations for what to watch or review next time, please do leave a comment or a voice memo on Spotify, shoot me a DM or email, and that's too hard to find. So bodies, 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 2022. Uh, We're actually coming up on a little under a year from when it was first released in March 2022. The film starts off with B, a regular, regular person of Eastern European descent, and she is dating... Uh, Her name is Sophie, and they're heading off to what's called a hurricane party. It's very much like a very new relationship for the two of them. So the the beginning is like extra, extra horny because, yeah, young love, you can't keep your hands off of each other. And then the tone shifts once they get to the party. party. It is at... Uh, David's house, aka the Pete Davidson character, that I, I do value a film that's that committed to having Pete Davidson, but insisting that he covers up s- those tattoos. Like he has so many tattoos, but they insisted not only do we want Pete Davidson, he needs to cover those up. So <laughs> choices were made in this film for sure. But yeah, Pete Davidson and Lee Pace are the token non-zoomers. Lee Pace plays the much older, newer boyfriend of Rachel Sanat's character, Alice. I do highlight this particular like trio of characters in particular, in part because I think they definitely make the movie for me. They do steal the show anytime they're allowed to take more of a central presence on screen. Something that I think works in favor of the movie is its very strong tone and these tonal shifts. Because as I stated, the opening is light, but still kind of heavy. And then it switches this like weird feeling hanging in the air. And there's a lot of things that people are kind of naming, but being passive aggressive. It, it's a lot. It's very visceral in that regard. I think the pacing could have been tightened a little bit to kind of keep that tension going. I felt like some parts could have been preened a little bit or adjusted slightly. I I personally found the portrayal of Gen Z a little bit difficult to wrap my noggin around, but I think that says more about how the story was being told as opposed to anything necessarily being completely off base as far as like how millennials have been misrepresented. 
With that all being said, though, I think this one is good for uh, folks that do enjoy a little cynicism in their horror for sure. These are absolutely imperfect people. (laughs) And seeing them get tested and seeing these interactions play out makes this conflict amplify. It really does a great job of keeping keeping you on your toes in that way. Folks that like an ensemble piece, especially one that is weaving in these kind of metaphors, cultural relevancy, as a, you know, speaking as a Puerto Rican who lost a lot of family or has seen how we struggle post Hurricane Maria, and, you know, not even just that, but people who are victims of climate crisis in general. The fact that these wealthy people can hunker down in this gorgeous home that nobody owns. It's just like, again, David's David's family's uh, house is peak privilege, for sure. It says a lot about the self-centeredness of these characters and that they're willing to make a joke out of something that is incredibly serious. When it comes to narrative, it does a great job at showing but not telling in a way, in a time where perhaps an over-reliance on exposition can perhaps take you out of a movie. So we get, perhaps, if there is a bit more exposition, it feels more organic than, I need to do this in this moment. Otherwise, you will have no context for any of the things that are happening. So it does a great job of these kind of implicit drops of knowledge and when the explicit things are happening, it doesn't feel forced or like the story couldn't have carried on without doing, without making that choice. It's definitely good if you dig the darker horror comedy. Truly, Rachel Sanat as Alice steals the show. She's my favorite character. I think that's not an uncommon reaction after watching the film. It's easily, I think that would be the reason that I would rewatch it is to relive those moments with her character. And Homegirl Alice is also a fellow podcaster, so she gets the struggle of being a voice online. But again, how she talks about it as like one of the many wealthy people in this house, truly, truly hilarious and very real. The the ending truly does make it for me. I, I will say that. If you think you're one who doesn't mind being taken through these high-stress situations, like interpersonal interplays, the culmination may have great payoff for you, as I know it did for me. You might not like this, though, if you find that when characters teeter on the line of being unlikable and there really isn't an ideal audience surrogate, that it could end up taking you out of the experience. For instance, the audience surrogate in this film would be B, given that she is the broke one that is removed from a lot of the tension that's going on, but still a part of the tension. She's the one that we should be theoretically empathizing with, but certain things end up making that harder or certain decisions can take you out of that, which if if that's not for you, if you find that you need to potentially empathize a bit more or the likable character should be so likable and then the bad people are so bad that the things that are happening is like, oh, well, that was going to happen. I think I think that would be the other angle that that could make that more enjoyable for that particular consumer. 
Uh, but that being this, that being said, the fact that it doesn't have that that cleaner split that it is more in the gray could perhaps take some folks out of the experience a bit more. And as I said before, I felt like it could have been tightened up a bit more for my taste. I think part of that could also be, you know, ADHD viewer. So I know that I prefer a little bit more of a tighter pace. The value of the slower build was really was really great for kind of showcasing these people. What does it mean to be Gen Z? What does it mean to be very online and wealthy? I do worry that this may not have as great of a payoff for viewers who really want more balance in a film. Yeah, just going back to a clear sense of who to empathize with and and the like. If I could assign a flavor profile to bodies, 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 uh, I would like to add, if I may, another B word to the mix. And that B word would be Borg. If y'all aren't aware, it's okay. I also recently just learned this. Borg stands for Blackout Rage Gallon. The idea behind the Borg is that it's a mix of vodka, water, added flavoring of some kind, and electrolyte powder done with the mindset that this mixture would be your own personal drink that will get you hammered, but theoretically not as hungover because it's thought to offset the impact of the hard liquor because you have your water, you have your electrolytes. So why not? I I don't have time (laughs) to get into the ethical underpinnings of binge drinking, getting this rebrand, but for the sake of comparison, I do think this one fits for us today. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has an edge and is plenty of fun, but some choices within it do dilute its ability to pack a stronger punch and is absolutely speaking to the Zoomer generation. Plus, rage and substance use are core aspects that get tapped into this film for sure. If this all sounds aligned, bodies, bodies, bodies might be for you. But be warned, if you do in fact consume a Borg, you likely will get a hangover even with your best mitigation efforts in mind. Something, something, resistance is futile. Because yeah, I I simply had to. But yeah, that's all for my take on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies 2022. Please let me know what y'all thought. Let me know if you liked Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Let me know if you agree about certain things that I brought up that ended up kind of taking me out of the film at times here and there. Overall, not a bad film, still fun. Just these other areas that were a little bit of concern for me and potentially for you too. And please let me know via chat, voice memo, DM, email, what you may want me to cover next. I may end up making that my format to post a little poll on on Instagram, kind of narrowing down a few ideas that I have and seeing what y'all would want me to review, discuss, unpack, and then flavor profile. And yeah, otherwise... Thank you all so, so much for tuning in the Violet Vulture and the Mirror miniseries. That's all for today, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye for now. Stay spooky.